0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle United 2, West Brom 1 is Steve Bruce's patched up COVID-stricken magpies um, defeat relegation threatened West Bromwich and James's Park on Saturday. You've got myself, Alex Hurst, Ben Wade, Michael Carlin and Simon Campbell to talk it through today, what happened, what went right, what went wrong and just how good a result it was because there's a little bit of discussion about the performance, about the result and where Newcastle United go from here. I will say this is a, a huge four games for, for this version of Newcastle United with You know, West Brom was the first of all three relegated teams to play in a week. And then it's Brentford just before Christmas in a cup quarter final, And we won, and we're going to get through it today. Um, Mickey, I'm going to come to you first. Was that a really good, heartfelt win, you know, ground out in unbelievable adversity from a a side who, who had barely trained together? um or was it another listless directionless performance that owed as much to look as it did uh design what are your thoughts on that win mate
2: it's a difficult one excuse me it's a difficult one isn't it you have to you have to give credit where it's due you know we've 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 come through the last couple of weeks and we've we've managed to get the game on at the weekend which is which is you know a miracle in itself considering what's happened Uh, and you know i don't want to be too I don't want to be too negative. I didn't want you to come to me first because it's going to sound it's going to sound terrible that I'm so negative at the start. but we've managed to get we've managed to get virtually our first team out here now I know you know Isaac Hayden's come out and admitted himself that he's one of the ones that's that's had the virus. He was in bed for ten days, has trained for three days and come back and played out of position in the Premier League. so his his performance individually deserves massive credit because I thought he was I thought he was very good and the defense were very good but but on the face of it, that's pretty much our full strength team. You know, we're, we're missing a few defenders and we're missing some maximum. But other than that, that's probably the team that we pick. Um, and we have, we had some decent options from the bench, which we'll come on to later on, but that was pretty much, pretty much our first team. And we've, we've beaten a team that were second bottom in the league, having only won against bottom of the league. Their statistics on, on goals and shots and possession away from home are disgracefully bad. Um, the, the statistics defensively in the league are are appalling. Absolutely appalling. And you know, we took we took the lead after twenty seconds and then we didn't build on it. We I think we made we made classic Newcastle mistake under Steve Bruce of just just carrying on as it as as it was. Um when when we'd taken the lead, we didn't we didn't adapt our style of play. We didn't put them under any significant pressure for the rest of the first half. having scored after twenty seconds, which is a you know such a good way to start. um you know, whenever you, do, whenever you do that against anyone in the Premier League, uh, if you allow them to get to half-time, allow them to get back into the dressing room, get, get like, rollicked by the by the manager, regroup, and come back out, it's always going to give them a chance to get back in the game, and that's exactly what happened. So I, I just found it incredibly frustrating, especially considering we'd, we'd, we'd manage to get the game on and would manage to get such a good team out, which I don't think anyone expected, and then we managed to like, and then we took the lead after twenty seconds. You just think, oh, class, you know, this is going we're gonna win. It's gonna, it's gonna be comfortable. West Brom are good enough to get back in the game now, and 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 really they weren't, but we let them. And th- I thought the way we played in the first half was uninspiring at best. But you know, I suppose you could forgive it in the circumstances. But then after the break to just let them come at us and con- completely control possession and control territory and control the play and score was was infuriating and and in my opinion that game was on a knife edge at that point and and if you if you were a betting man you probably you probably thought that West Brom were the more likely to go on and score and i think i think Billlich and, and the west brom players will be pretty disappointed to be going home without without anything and they they would think that they probably deserved at least as much as us to have a chance of winning that game and it should never have been that now that that all doesn't Take away any of the credit that's due from from the lads who haven 't trained and haven't prepared for this like they would any other game in the entirety of their football and careers probably um but it it just showed some of the same traits and same mistakes that this team has become known for almost and it, it's just really disappointing
1: ben Ben how did you see it? would you agree with with mickey 's assessment there or are you a little bit more positive than that in terms of the the fact that we did manage to get quite a big win?
3: Yeah, you, you've got to be happy with the win. I mean, ultimately, the, the result's are the main thing. I think um, we talked about it on the preview about the sort of the adversity and and we weren't really sure what type of team they were going to be able to put out. So, um, as Mickey said, pretty much full strength, um, other than a, a couple of couple of key players. Obviously, Max uh, missing is is a huge miss, but. Um, I think we, we we coped pretty well without him uh, obviously I mean a flying start of the game I know Brucey doesn't like taking the the lead scoring early but um it was a it was a great goal really really um good good play from the the sort of the front two and, and obviously Almiron finishing it off great finish um and and I think is is as, as well obviously that given given the the difficult uh, couple of weeks that the the, the players have had um I thought it should good good spirit to to come back from as as Mickey said we we did let that game sort of get away from us after such a good start um, we probably let let ourselves down and and obviously they they get back into the game or, or basically off the back of a, a couple of mistakes um, from 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 our guys but um, it's it's a great goal I mean brilliant header from 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 Dwight Gale to 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 nick the three points and I think. Um, it, this this week especially after after everything that's gone on i think if you'd have said give give us 2-1 everybody would have would have snapped your hands off so um i think you've got to you've got to give them credit that they they got the job done under really really difficult circumstances yes it wasn't pretty but um <laughs> when 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 is it um and I, and I, th- I think there's a, there's a couple of positives to, to take from, from, from that result. I, again, I mean, the, the biggest factor, and we, we talk about it all the time with this team, is, is the character of this squad um, is, is really, really strong. And, and that was another one where uh, when, when sort of the going got a bit tough, they, uh, they stood up and, and managed to, to get a result out of it. Sorry?
4: <clears throat> Dodger, you're calling it a big win, and you're not the only one who seems to be reacting like this as some sort of massive victory for Newcastle United. but. And yes, I understand there were some mitigating factors that the lads have talked about. But Mickey also absolutely correctly said, this is this is a terrible opposition we're against. This is a West Brom who'd only won against bottom of the league, Sheffield. Uh, last week, they got beat 5-1 off Palace, who we, who we beat by playing shite two weeks ago. You know, this was a really, really poor opposition. And yes, obviously, any win in the Premier League is a good result. I don't, I don't want to take that away from the team, but... You know, if if we don't win that game, it's a terrible, terrible result. Teams get relegated when you don't win this game. Managers get sacked when you don't win these games. So, yes, we won the match. Three points is brilliant, but that's all it was. You absolutely should be winning these matches, and we shouldn't overreact the, to to a scrappy two one win at home to a shite West Brom.
1: All right, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say anyone is um, overreacting, but you know, it's it's your your opinion. You just called it a big win. Okay, and I'll quantify that. I think it was a big win because, you know, we all spoke uh, as a group of friends before that game um, and a little bit on social media. And, you know, we did the, the Charlotte show, which is live every Friday night um, on YouTube with Charlotte and, and I did it with Norman. And we talked about and a lot of the people watching live and comment and talked about it being a ready-made excuse for Bruce. And he didn't, you know, so that was the part of pre-game. We didn't need an excuse in the end because he won the game. Um... I don't disagree with the things you said. The reason I think it was a big win is if we lose that game, if that goes the wrong way, the gap between us and West Brom um, is just five points when you're coming up to a run of fixtures, um, which includes you know, Leicester, Man City and Liverpool. And I appreciate we have two other games this week, but if we'd lost that game yesterday, um, you're going into this massive week. And I'm not saying you, Castle have had a good week, by the way. I think Steve Bruce for for someone like me, needs to have a, a good week this week. And for a lot of other Newcastle fans, if he has a good week this week, and particularly gets through Brentford, I wouldn't say it's a free hit against the three teams that follow, and he could really you know, do himself a favour by trying to actually score some goals and win in those games I've mentioned coming up. But if we have a good week this week and a good game against Brentford, you can't say um, anything else before Christmas, in my opinion, that it's been a really good start of the season. Now, you know, I've talked a lot, Sai, about how big this week is in terms of kind of Bruce's tenure at Newcastle because, like I said, if we'd lost yesterday, if we're put in a bad performance, I mean, I think we might still lose at Leeds because we, we struggle so badly against teams that presses, um, and then, you know, don't get a positive result against Fulham next week, then it could, you know, the, the league table could have looked quite differently. So I think in terms of Newcastle United remaining a Premier League club, it was a really big win for that reason. Now, I've been of the opinion that Newcastle's points total this season – um, it doesn't actually tell a true picture of the performances so therefore I thought it was a, a big win let's keep the distance between us and the bottom three what are we? 11 points above the bottom three at the minute with two winnable games coming up that to me is a positive but I'd also agree West Brom didn't have their best player yesterday um, You know, and I am going to say that it must have been really difficult for, for the players to prepare for Steve Bruce to, to do anything in training, however However, and you know, any of you can come, come on in this as well if you want. What concerned me about yesterday, two things. One, you know, when we took the lead against Manchester United after two minutes. What was the difference in the approach to yesterday? Because it didn't work against Man United. Now, I know Manchester United are a far better team than West Brom, although West Brom should, probably should have got a point at Old Trafford two weeks ago when Manu beat them 1 0 with a penalty. Um, You know, I worry about that, and I don't think that's got anything to do with COVID. I don't think that's got anything to do with fatigue. Taking the lead like that against uh, such a poor side, and letting them have plenty of touches on the ball, letting them have possession in your half of the pitch, not putting them under any real pressure—that was a concern to me. And that I don't think that's anything to do with not being in training or COVID. I think that's more structural and more mindset-based and and tactical-based. And we were talking at half time on the WhatsApp group yesterday saying, fucking hell, that was bad. Um, You know, a couple of good chances. Joe Linton and Miron had decent chances. But apart from that, West Brom keepers not really made a a save of note. Um, Surely they can't come out at the start of the second half and be so listless, be so um, unable to control the game. And it was a real concern to me that it was just five minutes of more of the same. And then West Brom scored, albeit a very good goal, um, despite Emil Kraft being absolutely rinsed by Matt Phillips. Like rinsed in kind of like a way that was actually, you know, it's it's Matt Phillips for God's sake. I mean, he's he's a decent player. And he's had a good career at the, the top level, but Jesus Christ, he did him. And then Jamal Lewis. I mean, Mickey, you said it was basically a, a first team. If, if Emil Kraft's part of our first team moving forward, we're in big trouble. Um, Sai, you've got your hand up?
4: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, you've you've kind of moved past the point now, but yes, your your um reason for it being a big game. You mentioned relegation and bottom three like five times, so yes, if that's what we're aspiring to, then it's a big result beating one of the bottom three to avoid relegation. But that that is all. Um, yeah, I I agree with the um, and we discussed it at halftime. Like you say, the this the the node change to our approach, and what I mean by that is that after going one nil up at home to a a side who are poor and who, as Mickey said correctly, have been terrible away from home and were there for. There for to to be put to the sword, we didn't change our approach to that game. And yes, all right, you don't change your approach to a game after twenty seconds; that would be silly. But after, as as the first half went on, and we realised they had a real lack of quality and weren't really threatening, in spite of having loads of the ball, why didn't we react to that? Why didn't we say, you know what, let's go and get a second here? um Because you're right; uh, it, it it hasn't worked against the better teams. But I understand why letting a team like West Brom have the ball is isn't very risky. That's probably what he's thinking. He's thinking, well you know what, they're going to have the ball because they're not going to do anything with it. And for the most of the first half, that was the case. And they didn't really threaten us until the last three or four minutes when they, they had a, a chance that went just wide of the post. But uh, yeah, I, I think the, the main concern, like you say, was there was no kind of analysis or as we've bemoaned for weeks and weeks and weeks, no in-game management, no like, right, this is what's happening. Why don't we try and do something a bit different? Because there's there's something to exploit here. We just kind of rode out the first half and got... Let them build their confidence enough to come out after halftime as the better side.
3: Ben, yeah, I, I think that's just on that point. seismic so there, that's one of the sort of real struggles with this team is that that's that's a team we 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 should be comfortable um, taking the game to them, um, and, and we played that, and, and that I suppose that's that's one of the criticisms of Bruce is that he doesn't appear to change his approach depending on who who were playing um, we play the same way pretty much every week in terms of we we don't want the ball and that that as you, as you say that we we take the lead after 20 seconds and it's a great start and and that would have had a massive massive like knock to to um west brom's confidence especially after a 5-1 battering uh, the week before to to concede in 20 seconds like that's that's foot on the throat stuff like that's where you 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 go in and 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 we could have we if if we'd have approached that um, that first half, sort of in in a just a more positive light, and, and try to sort of um, take more control of the game. Then then we, we could have wouldn't ran out comfortable winners. I think, and you've you've kind of got to look at the likes of Shelby and Longstaff in the middle. There is that how have they not been able to wrestle control of that game and, and start to dominate and, and dictate di- dictate that game um, against players that they they should they, they are far better in, in terms of ability than. Um, we, we 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 turned it into a real slog, and um, as, as you say, by allowing them to sort of control the ball and and, and sort of remain in the game, um, it, it it was just really it, it was a bit frustrating to watch.
2: You just have to look at what happened when you know, but Bruce Bruce is kind of forced into changing both fullbacks to try and to try and get a winner after after West Brom score. If you look at what happened after those two changes, and you know. The, it, it it helped that those two players were the worst two performing players on the pitch, so replacing them was obviously gonna have a benefit. But changing those fullbacks to be Richie and Murphy just brought us like twenty yard like literally like twenty yards up the pitch constantly and it made everything so much easier. It was such an easy change in mentality to make and it doesn't it doesn't have to come with a change in personnel. That can come from the manager and that's what should have happened in the first half when we went ahead. We should have pushed the team up the pitch, pushed them back into their half and it would have made the whole game far far easier and, and, and I'm confident we would have gone on to score three or four because they were they were terrible yesterday they were, they were there for the taking and Ben's, Ben's right like it was the proper foot on the throat stuff that's what a decent team would have done yesterday they would have put them properly to the sword because West Brom in that first half especially had no like had nothing they had absolutely nothing and we just we just basically let them ride out the first half with us and regroup and you know if if we had just done what happened automatically when we made those changes on the fullbacks in the first half, it would have been such a comfortable game, and this would have been a totally different podcast.
1: You wanted to talk about the the fullbacks and Jamal Lewis in particular, Mick.
2: I did, yeah. You know, it, it it's pointless going too much into the performance of Emil Kraft because we, we everybody knows he's not he's not a starting Premier League right back. He just isn't. He isn't he isn't good enough. And you you mentioned before, Doz, he got absolutely absolutely done for their goal it was such an easy move to like step over the ball like that and and get the cross away it's just i mean it's just simply not good enough but on the other side lewis for the goal was pathetic you know what what's what's that attitude in the in the premier league you you just cannot wait cannot wait for the ball to come to you like that on your on your foot in the box so you have to be getting there and attacking it and getting it out now you could argue you should have had a shout from someone and he probably judging by his reaction, you probably, he probably hasn't. But look he at my, got,
3: He got one from Richie afterwards. <laughs> I was just
2: going to say, look at Richie's reaction to what to what happened. He like, he absolutely kicked off with him and that's what needed to happen because it was not acceptable at all. It should never happen in the Premier League that and I thought that just like, it just totally summed up his performance as a whole. I thought, I thought he had a really, really bad game yesterday and he needs to, he needs to start proving what we're signing him for because he isn't doing it and he may be a victim of the system and the way we the way we play football at Newcastle United, but he's not the kind of attacking, marauding fullback that everyone thought we were signing. He's he looks really negative and and blunt. You know, every every pass he makes is either inside or backwards. He's he's very very rarely over, overlapping his winger, and of all the wingers to be overlapping, Matt Ritchie's a perfect one because he's so slow. Like he doesn't even have to run that fast to get past them. And he, he, I, I can't remember a single time in the first half when he did that. I can't remember him getting getting into their half of the pitch with the ball. I can't remember him making any passes forward. It it, it was such a demoralising performance from a young player, and that that might sound really harsh, and it is really harsh because he, cause he's young and he's he's just getting to grips with with kind of prop, proper first team football. You know, Norwich doesn't count because they're Norwich. Um, and he may he may have been one of the players that had coronavirus. You never know. But I, I was really disappointed in his his performance yesterday. He was he was the one the one signing for me in the summer that I that you know obviously other than Wilson, which is which is obvious. But I was probably excited when we signed Lewis because he was a a breath of fresh air. It was a young young English attacking fullback that other teams wanted to sign, and you know
3: he's Northern he's Northern Irish, especially you not know, British.
2: You're, you're neither know nor there. Um, that performance he put in yesterday kind of. If he was to do more, more of that would 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 highlight why we were able to get him and why he didn't go somewhere better because it was really, really poor.
4: I, I want to defend him a little bit, Mickey, uh, and not not on yesterday's performance because you're right; you had you had a real stinker. Uh, I think there's a few factors um, in play against him at the minute, and yeah, also he could have been someone who had COVID and wasn't quite up to up to fitness when we literally had no other choice. But one, we we don't have any competition I mean he's literally the first left back we've signed in about 10 years and he's the only left back we have I mean I don't know what's up with Paul Dummett, but he's just not been fit for for several years now he, d- he doesn't have any competition so that's one thing where he's not he's not driven to improve as, as well as he might if he had you know real competition for that position two I think he looks like a player who's not sure what his role is I, I, I know it's easy to try and <laughs> bounce this back on the manager but he just doesn't look like he knows what his instructions are where he's going to be positionally he really seems to struggle and that's not just this week. Um and three, and this isn't his fault, I think um he's not had a chance to build a partnership with anyone. I mean, he started the season with Maximan in front of him, he's then had Almiron playing in front, but inside is like a centre mid. He's got Richie this week, he's had I'm sure um Joe Linton in front of him a couple of games. Like he just he doesn't have a, a partnership and this is him and a new team where he should be, you know, learning to play with, with his teammates and it's it's much, much harder if you've got a different member of your squad in front of you each week. So I can defend him on the grounds that there are some factors there that are out of his control that aren't helping him develop and settle in at Newcastle and, and you're right it's a real shame because he was one of the exciting sign-ins of the of the summer
3: I, th- I think just come on that you've made a few good points there side you've got to remember he's, he's he is a young lad like he that there, there isn't any sort of um it's the type of situation where you'd you'd have loved to have had like an experienced left back in in the squad, sort of there to to nurture him and, and sort of co- coach him a bit. And, and if you haven't got that player, then you'd hope the manager can can do that. But Bruce doesn't appear to be um, he, he doesn't appear to be sort of th- doing that sort of coaching element with him to 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 sort of uh, give him confidence and, and obviously improve him. But um, You're right in terms of, I think he's, naturally, I think he wants to be like an attack and win back, but that's not how Newcastle United play. That's not how Steve Bruce's team plays. If he's bombing on um, every opportunity, then then you can guarantee he's probably going to be getting told off for for, for doing that by leaving space at the back. And we're we're not the type of team because we don't play with a huge amount of the ball. That would be like wasted energy anyway. And I, I think he's, he's being asked to play like basically a, a traditional back role where he, he stays in position and, and, and neutralizes sort of the threats that come down that side. But then I, I think where he's probably a little bit frustrated is that he, he's got um, attacking qualities that he's not been able to use, as, as you say, because, because of the style of play that we, we, we implement. And um, I think he had a tough game yesterday that, I mean, their right back was probably one of their better plays. He, he, they had a bit of um, sort of, um nettle sort of all game and there was some uh, obviously they both got booked. He did sort of he'd, he'd see a la- lash out at one point, um, and obviously got booked. And I, I just think it was one of those games where it was just a it, it was just a tough day for him, it was a bad day. But um I, I, th- I think you can you I, I wouldn't be too harsh on him. Um I just think it's 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 just not a player that, that suits this style, unfortunately.
2: Well that's exactly it, you know, and I said he's a victim of, of circumstance. I didn't want to I don't want it. I don't want it to sound like I'm crucifying a young player because it's not that. And I am. I am still massively excited about his his future as an Newcastle United player and as and as a footballer. But you just like you think about think about the performance he put in yesterday. It was it was poor, and he was playing in a side with Matt Ritchie as, as his left winger, where against a against a really shit team, and where he's got the opportunity to get forward, and it and it wasn't happening for him. And whether that's down to him or the manager in the system or a bit of both. You know, it is what it is. The other left winger he's going to play behind, in all likelihood for Newcastle, is is Alan Sir Maximan. And he, he offers something completely different. Obviously, he's, he, he's a far better attacking footballer than Matt Ritchie, but he, he's going to offer him no defensive support whatsoever. So with Maximan, he's going to have to be far more mindful of his kind of attacking output because he he knows he has to be back every single time. You know, Matt Ritchie will offer some cover and and support for for Lewis if he's the one playing on the left he's not going to get that for maximan you know and we don't want him to maximan's put one tackle in as far as i can remember it as a castle career and give away a pen against brighton so we don't want him to be defending really but it you know it just has to that has to impact what what lewis thinks he can contribute in this team and i i just i just wonder if i wonder if it was the right kind of signing and that's not to to discredit him as a footballer but like what what does the manager want from him if he wants him to be a kind of left-sided defender which is which is how he's being employed at the minute. Like why why sign that style of footballer? You know that do you if that's a position position that we want on the pitch to be played like that, we will we'll just want another version of them, don't we? We we'll want we we'll want a defender that's going to play on the left, not 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 an advancing attack and wing back. So you know, what I, it just slightly makes me question why we sign him. and it also makes me question why he's come. Like why would he why would he come and play in this team and that side with with that style of footballer? I can't get my head around it
3: I, th- I think it's side made a good point in terms of the, the partnerships point and, and obviously what you're alluding to there with Maximan. obviously he needs to adapt to who's playing in front of him and I think if if Richie's going to have a run in the team obviously he's, he's back from injury and if, if Richie's going to be the left winger then I think you might start to see that partnership developing and, and that could be a positive for Lewis in that you're right Richie will cover in and, and fill in and do some of the defensive work which will allow him to have a bit of, bit of freedom to get forward so um there's this potential there for, for this to be a good partnership. Um, and, and obviously something that we've, we've been lacking for years when we've had Dummett back there, who refuses to, to make any real sort of significant overlapping runs. So um, there, there is an opportunity there to to, to, to to for that to become a positive, but you're right in that. I think what his, he's been asked to do up to this point is, is just play the defensive role. And, and that's what I was saying before, is where he's, he's, he's employed as a... Um, a a left a sort of a fullback essentially and it doesn't necessarily need to get forward um that's maybe something that, that we can develop but again in terms of the balance you're not going to be getting that on the other side if, if emil craft's playing he's not going to be bombing on so um again it's probably one of those where you're, you're kind of limited in terms of the, the balance of the team um you wouldn't want one side just bombing on all the time if he was playing maybe a yedlin or or even mankeo over on the other side then um there's the potential for that again but you're asking Miggy to sort of drop in it's it's a difficult one i think you're right um it it he's it, it, probably not the right style of player for for how bruce is, is using him but um at the same time i think that he's still got a lot of potential i, I wouldn't want to be too harsh on him i think he he, he I, I could see him and, and richie developing really well together so fingers crossed that that's something to watch where where we might see some some real positive play from them
1: Oh, we went we went right into Jamal Lewis there. We've <laughs> um, covered all the angles on Jamal Lewis. I want to give Bruce a little bit of credit and anyone can disagree. Um I thought the decision to to change the two fullbacks was really positive and you know he's brought on Gale, he's brought on um Murphy and who else did he bring on? F- on, left, on the left wing. This is bad. I should remember. Can I remember?
2: He changed he, he brought on Murphy. Um, and they brought on Yedlin to replace um Palmeron oh, yeah. and Almeron. move Murphy forward.
1: He brought, you know, he brought on, um, well, he brought on Gale for a fullback, though didn't he? And move Richie back. Yeah, and he, put, they, he put Julian on the left, which Gale, we all
2: quite
1: for the Yeah, well, anyway, it, you know, fair play, and, and I get it, so I, I agree that yeah, to West Brom, and you know, you have to want to try and win that game, but but too often in the past we've seen silly subs or negative subs and those those substitutes change change that game and you have to give you know we we are very critical of Steve Bruce lots of people listening will be very critical of Steve Bruce when he gets things wrong and I think he gets a lot wrong and we've talked about some of the things he gets wrong but he got those substitutions spot on yesterday and it's not the first time this season either um or or last now you you could argue bringing Dwight Gale on the pitch is, is a fairly obvious one particularly with what he produced but in terms of, you know, what what Bruce is good and bad at, I quite like the fact that he just went for the juggle yesterday. And yeah, I would have liked to have seen it happen a bit earlier. But um but but really, really good stuff and I don't know what, what what you thought, but I thought um Murphy's cross reminded me of like Lauren Robert being able to cross the ball with such pace and whip and bend from such a deep position. Uh, I can't really recall another winger like that apart from and Robert who had that ability. So I've written Murphy off pretty much. I think I don't think he's a Premier League player, but that's two really positive contributions he's made in the last month or so since at Wolves and uh and yesterday, Mickey.
2: Yeah, you have to give him credit. It was a it was it was the perfect cross, wasn't it? You know, he's put it in, in like a yard box and it was the only place in the box that Gale could have got there and, and met it and then the head is brilliant and and scores and you you're absolutely right, you know, credit credit where credit is due the subs completely transformed the game. And I I thought he got all three of them right. And kind of at the time for all three of them as well. I didn't agree, which shows you you what I know about football. But number one, I think the first sub, Joe Linton, goes on the left. And you just think like, fuck's sake, man. Honestly, I was seriously going back to having Joe Linton on the left when he's just finding a little bit of form in the middle. Anyway, the the sub works because it means Gale's in the box and he scores the goal. The second sub getting Murphy on as a right back and he's, you know, it's worked really well because it's allowed Murphy to be in that little pocket behind our winger where he's got space and that's where he's delivered that cross from. And whether whether Bruce has foreseen that exact scenario happening, I don't know, but he must know that Murphy is capable of putting those balls in if he's got a bit of time and a bit of space and it's worked almost straight away. I think he was on the pitch for for, for a minute or something before he puts that ball in. Um, so credit, credit where it's due there. And then the third sub, to, to make that change and put Murphy in the attacking position and put a proper fullback in behind him, has just solidified us enough that we've sold the game out. So I thought all three subs, individually and as a collective, were were, were absolutely perfect. And Alex, yeah, you're, you're completely right to highlight that it's not the first time this season that that's happened, where he's got the subs absolutely spot on. So where where we give him a lot of discredit for virtually everything else that he does, um, correctly or not, like he's he's got that completely and utterly right. So yeah, I I I completely agree. Deserves a lot of credit for those. Changes. Sorry.
4: Uh, I yeah I agree. So I'm not going to um, discredit the the substitutions he made. They were positive. He brought Gale on early enough for him to have an impact on the game, which he eventually did. Um, I mean, the timing of the the Murphy uh, sub followed by the goal was quite quite something. But I um, uh, I do worry that it's just not the answer longer term. Like. This is a this is a side that's made up of basically championship players uh, in West Brom, and you're not going to be able to hoy Gale and Murphy on with ten minutes to go and get many points. Uh, it's worked this time, but I don't think that's a sustainable long term plan. Yes, it was a positive, a positive um, sub this time, but I don't, we can't be relying on needing to do that in in future games. Basically, is what I'm saying. So yes, I will credit Bruce. He had to react and he got it right because uh, not to win this game, in my opinion, would have been a terrible, terrible result, and he, he probably knew that. And thought we have to go for this and have to get get a result and he and he got it so fair enough um i just think i think what we've said at the start is that we could have had this game out of sight and not needed it, um an impact sub but
2: fair enough fair enough he got it yeah but when you when you do need the impact sub and you get the impact sub you have you have to give the credit that's there like i i i, I made that point at the start side so I, I know you're right we should have been playing different football and we should never have needed it but we did and Part of the reason why that might have happened might have been a lack of fitness from the players and um and, and the impact of coronavirus um on the on the squad. So you you know, if we're pragmatic about what happened yesterday, that the subs were an important part of that game and it's it's won us the game.
1: Certainly did. Um and also just no, sorry was... just, just
2: before we move on, that that cross and header works yeah. against anyone in the league. Like the 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 quality that was there, especially in the cross. You kind of defend against that. It, it, he's put it on an absolute platter for where Gale where in a position where you just can't defend it. If he yeah, puts that I'm cross not, in against Man City or Liverpool, it, 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 we still score.
4: I'm not sure Murphy gets the time and space to put that cross in against better teams, but I know what you're saying.
1: Yeah, And, and, and let's not forget Dwight. <laughs> the <one who> scored. <laughs> it's, it's some header. It's, it's, it, 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 as much as I like the header, it's the movement and... and, and, and you know, it's Norman who who said on the podcast, I think after Southampton away pre-lockdown last season when a lot of Newcastle fans were annoyed that Gale had missed three or four chances. And it's like, you, 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 you know, we know when Joe Linton plays up front, and I know it's a harsh comparison, but there, there, there just isn't an attack where Dwight Gale isn't in the box. If Newcastle have the ball in the opponent's final third of the pitch, Dwight Gale is in the right place constantly, whether he gets the ball or not. And the movement to kind of move in front of the defender, then move in between the two of them, that's just kind of, like, I wouldn't say you can't teach it because you probably can, but, you know, I just, like Joe Linton's never going to have that, ever, in my opinion. He's just It's just not going to happen. And and that brings us to a, an interest one. Everyone listening knows I'm a huge fan of Dwight Gale, I think. Um, yes, I think Callum Wilson is, if we're going to play one striker, Callum Wilson starts ahead of him. I thought Wilson was very good yesterday, again, despite not getting the chances he, he thrives on. But um, I would start Dwight Gale ahead of Joe Linton every day of the week. Because we're just going to score more goals, and we're going to have, we're going to be more dangerous. And um, you know, I think Dwight. Yes, he, I mean, he's he's had a great header before that cleared off the line from a corner. He doesn't really get the the credit he deserves for his aerial prowess, even when he's played up front as a lone striker for Newcastle. He's been decent at that hold up role. Um, and you know what? I think it's it's six goals and his that. Oh, sorry, five goals in his last eleven starts now for Newcastle, which is really really decent um And I, I really hope he signs a new contract and stays. Ben, you know, I'm I'm a bit down about Joe Linton yesterday because I thought brilliant ball. I mean, that's eye of the needle stuff. That ball he plays from me run fantastic bit of play. Great play by Wilson. Fantastic ball. You know, great start. After that, apart from the one chance he he creates for himself, and he should have passed and should have shot the, the, again. Me concern about Joe Linton is he had a much much better game against Palace, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, I doubt he had coronavirus because he's had it before, hasn't he? Though I don't know if the club have ever admitted that, um, and he he missed a large part of pre season because of it. But you know, I, I don't know. I just I, every time I get excited about him, I just think ah uh, like there's not you know when he scored against Sheffield United last season, like we always thought that could be you know a new. A new start or something like that for him, and then then he plays the next game, and it's just like, nah. I just thought he was really poor after that opening minute yesterday. I thought he was weak, weak on. You know, when his back's to goal, he's so easily dispossessed. He gives the ball away. I don't know, Ben. You, you were more positive about him. What do you think? <laughs>
3: Excuse me. Yeah, I think. I mean, he's, he's he's still the the issue is is he's still a player fight like that's still trying to find his feet in in the league in the team. Um, I, I still think he's he's not got a, a clear position has he? I mean the fact that he plays the last 20 minutes on the wing um, is, a, is another change and, and he's asked to play another role and he's never really been given a, a settled spot in the team in terms of one role to play to, to kind of nail down. He's been asked to do a bit of everything by Bruce and I think he's probably a victim of that in terms of um, he's, he, he, what, he's, he's not playing sort of Every minute up up the top of the pitch, where he, he can do some damage. I mean, the the, the ball it, it started off. I mean, it couldn't have started off any better. That that pass to, to Almiron is literally perfect. Like it's such a good ball, um, and that that was coming off the back of that that a really good partnership um, for the last ten minutes of the Palace game. Anyway uh where they're starting to link up and and you you can see signs there that I th- I think if he's going to succeed as a premier league footballer it's it's going to be in a front two playing off someone with 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 either um Wilson or even I think Gale could could come in and, and sort of offer some of the similar, similar qualities to Wilson. Um so th- so there is there is some potential there for, for that to to become a good partnership. Um you're right, he did. I mean, he, he, he created a, a great chance where he, he sold Ivanovic. I mean, I don't know why Ivanovic is diving in like he does completely sells himself. That's absolutely shocking. Um, but it gives him the time to, to cut back. And, and yeah, I mean, he, obviously they, they were saying at the time, should, should he have cut it back? I think there's long. I think it was long Longstaff and, and Wilson were, were in the box in the middle. But as a striker, when you, you've you've got a shot on goal like that, a clear shot on goal, you, you've got to take that. Yes, it was a poor finish, but um, I'm I'm glad that he took that on because he, he needs he needs to be uh, sort of getting into that goal-score mentality where you've got to be selfish and, and take shots um, when they come to you. So I did well with that. There was another move, I think, where we, we had like a three-on-one after a corner where it broke down where he, he kind of messed up a bit and, and, and ruined a, a really good opportunity. But um, I, I think it's a difficult game because, again, as a team, we've played really poorly there. Yes, he is part of that, but it's not as if he's he's getting loads of opportunities up at the top end of the pitch to to sort of really have an influence on the game. If if Shelby's on his on his game and and sort of spreading the ball around and and we're we're in control of the ball, then he's he he could have had more of an impact because we're getting him in the ball where he, where he, he's getting the getting the ball where he can hurt West Brom. We we didn't we didn't have that, and so I think he went a bit missing, but. I think you could have said that about a lot of the players. I wouldn't necessarily hone in on Joe Linton as being being sort of the only one that had a stinker. I think there was a lot of players out there that that really struggled because of the way the game went.
4: Yeah, I, I, I um, totally agree with you. On is uh, the the chance where he got himself, he cut back in, and yes, there were players arriving, but they're they're very difficult balls to pick out because there were defenders in the box. So I agree, Ben. He absolutely take the shot there, and he's trying to go near post, and the keepers keepers managed to deal with it, but. I agree with that. Um, I think you're you're absolutely right. He just doesn't have a position for Newcastle. Um his best his best form has come playing just off Wilson, you know, as part of a front two because he needs support. He's definitely not capable of being the target man of being a lone striker, even though we tried it for a good thirty games last season. Um I also think this thing of well, for Hoffenheim he was part of a front three and he played it played on, on either side. Yes, he probably did, but they were a they were that was not the front three that we played. That was a, a side that were finishing fourth and getting in the Champions League. So a front three for them is a front three. You know, he's he's one of three forwards, whereas for us, if you're on the front three, you're basically a wing back, and that's not not what he's good at. Um so I I agree there's just no position that suits him. And to be fair, when we've got a fully fit squad, he shouldn't be in the starting lineup because you the the front three that you would like to see if that's a formation we're playing is Almiron and uh Maximan on either side and Wilson up front. And then Gales, you're probably back up forward as well, so you shouldn't be anywhere near the starting lineup. Um but I I don't I don't fault the lads work ethic. He does seem to try, even though it doesn't come across that way. It just he just seems a bit lost in the Premier League full stop.
2: I just think <clears throat> uh, you know, the direct comparison between playing Joel Linton and Wilson and Gale and Wilson is is an interesting one because you think about like Gale, Gale and Wilson as an attacking attacking pair. There's so much pace, there and there's going to be so much getting in behind that. That could that could be really effective if you're playing a style that would suit that. And if if we've got John Joe Shelby playing well, do it with that that system and just pinging balls in behind, it might start to work. But it wouldn't. I, I don't think it would take that long for teams to really find us out. You know, that's that's the kind of football that would be effective week after week in the Championship. But in the Premier League, people are just going to stop you doing it. You then so reliant on Shelby having a good game as well, which he only does irregularly at best. Um, if you know if Shelby's not firing, if if those passes aren't working, we've got nothing else because there's you know neither of those two strikers are going to offer any link up play because it just, they just just don't have it in them. That are strikers are they're, they're both like number nine style strikers. So I think Joe Linton offers something a little bit different that that is necessary if 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 it's a, it, only if where it's a comparison of those. Two. Those two specific setups, but Joe Linton can come and can come in into a number ten position. He can link up, play quite well. He can hold the ball well. He doesn't do it often enough, but he is capable of it. And at times, he does it really well in, in quite difficult scenarios. And he brings other players into the game. So I I'm not sure, Alex, whether I would I'd like to see Wilson and Gale starting ahead of Wilson and Joe Linton. And that I I'm, I, I kind of honestly quite believe that that's someone that I'm saying because a month ago I would have laughed at someone that said that to me. But here we
4: are in 2020, the most mental year ever. Mickey, I, th- I, think, I think you're right. I think Joe Linton is a, a much better linker player. He's actually got some some skill on the ball and is able to kind of hold on to it and look for look for um, runs. But we don't get enough touches of the ball for that to be effective. Uh, so the Gale counter-attack style is probably more suited to the way we are at the moment. Um, I think what was most telling about Joe Linton yesterday once he was moved out wide, which isn't his fault, was that when we scored the goal and Gale gets the header in the box, Joe Linton's about twenty-five yards from the box; like he's nowhere near anyone else, and he, he doesn't—he doesn't seem to get into get close enough to uh, the other players to to be more effective, which is what you'd like to see.
1: Yeah, I agree, and we're gonna, you know, have to finish the podcast off. Um, I suppose my final question, um, and and si, si, I'll come to you for the first for this one. Um, you know, it's it, 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 it depends which way you look at it, but Newcastle have won. We're all very happy about that. Seventeen points from eleven games is is a really good points return. Um, you know, we could be sat here, not outside the realms of possibility, on twenty-one points from fourteen games. Um, after this week, this week in a league cup quarter final, Sai so because you're probably the most sceptical about Bruce. Is there anything he can do if he if he goes and pulls out six points and it's four wins in a row in, uh, four wins in a row in the Premier League and we're in a League Cup semi final, you know? Do you think that anything changes? Do you think that this week has that ability to be so to, to be so transformative, or, or are you not for moving?
4: Um, yes, I think there is. You can't just say if he wins another two games that he, that that wouldn't be some positive achievement because the one thing we've cried out for every time we've got a decent result is. For that to actually transfer itself into some sort of form, some sort of consistency, so if he can pull four or six points out of the next few games, then that's a bit of a run that's that's much better that's I was in the top half the table and like you say, still in the cup, and you know what I think about the fact we're still in the cups we haven't played anyone yet, but nonetheless it is what it is um what was the the one thing I can give Steve Bruce credit for yesterday was um nothing to do with the match was his comments after the game about the fact that it was good, but we actually need to do more to to be consistent. Uh, I can't remember what his exact words are, but um, he, he mentioned consistency, and he mentioned that that was a uh, that wasn't not to get too carried away with with that result, which is absolutely right because some of the uh, the pro Bruce people have have gone over the top about this result, and it's 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 an expected result against a really bad team. What is um, what he has to do now is prove that this team is capable of then carrying that form into another game and another game. So uh, he's right to to downplay the victory here i think that was a good thing for him to do and, and admit that uh, there's more work to be done uh, rather than give himself a massive pat on the back which you know i would have expected him to do so i can give him loads of credit for acknowledging that, that the work doesn't stop here and that there's two more games here that can be won um which would put us in great form great morale going into a cup court final. so um i i'll put my hands up and say if we can win these three games that yeah yeah, I'll acknowledge and once again uh, accept a little bit of uh, being being wrong about about the situation. But until that happens, I will I will remain and hold my judgment.
1: Ben, are you ready to get carried away?
3: I mean, I'm not getting carried away. I, I think my my expectation of this team is where we are at, and and I think that's the thing. Whereas you need everyone needs a bit of perspective. I, I don't think you should be too high, and I don't think you should be too low. Um, Performances haven't been what we'd necessarily want, but re- the results have, have been pretty decent. As you say, that 17 points at this point is um, a really, really good return and, and we're, we're sitting 11th in the table. So it's that that, that shouldn't be criticised. Um, but e- equally, we're, we're only 11th. That that doesn't mean a huge amount to, to people saying oh, we're, we're five points off fifth. And, and all that sort of stuff I think need uh, to sort of <laughs> um t- t- take take your reality check as well. I think uh, I expected us to, to uh, my prediction at the start of the season was to to, to finish eleventh and that's where we are at the minute. So to, for me we're we're on par, we're on course of, of what I expect. So um I I I think he's 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 done well to get us to this point. Um would I, I'd obviously much prefers to be to be playing a different style of football and, and I think there's improvements to be made there. And as I alludes to hopefully Bruce um Bruce understands that and, and can actually start to make some changes within the team to 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 so, with the, so just take this game for example. We shouldn't be in a position where we're we're, we're scraping a, a two on win against second bottom of the league. Um, there's not been too many performances. There's been a couple. West West uh, West Ham and, and Burnley were, were good performances, um, but that uh, that's the point is is we need that more consistent. And if we can get that, then then. Uh, who who knows? We, we could be pushing um, pushing high up in the league, but I think for for now, my I'm I'm pretty level in terms of I think it's been a decent start. As I say, I, I think he deserves credit for the for the points total. Um, there's definitely work to to improve in terms of the, the style of play, but um, we're, we're we're in a good position here. As you say, we've got a a, a big uh, cup, couple of quarterfinals uh, or cup game, sorry, The quarterfinal coming up in in and uh, obviously the FA Cup after Christmas. Um, if 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 we can get into the semi-final and, and be sort of sitting uh top top off of the of the league um come come Christmas, then I think everybody's gotta, gotta say that that's this has been a really, really positive start of the season and, and give everybody credit at the club.
1: Yes, I think per- personally, uh I think Tuesday tells us, a lot, or Wednesday, I keep thinking it's Tuesday, Wednesday tells us a lot. We'll play we'll play Leeds, a team we're above in the league, newly promoted, have won a lot of plaudits, but also conceded a lot of goals. And we struggle so badly against Brighton and Southampton, and generally do against teams that press us. I need to see some sort of evidence of a plan, evidence of something to get excited about, and we'll learn a lot. Mickey, you're going to be previewing that game for our True Faith Patrons, who pays now £6 a month um, for about four to six extra Newcastle shows per week. We're going to have Keith Gillespie on next week as well on the preview for Patrons. Uh, there's a new True Faith fanzine out now. It would be a, I would consider it a personal favour if you bought one. And I'll post it before Christmas. A great Christmas present for any for any friend or family or indeed yourself. Okay, thanks for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. Adam will have the post-leads podcast for you all. Wednesday evening that will be out. Uh, and then I'll probably be back next week after the Fulham game. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to you three lads for doing it. Speak to you all very soon.